Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast where we'll be doing our day one and day two Royal Ascot preview. On the panel for this episode I am joined by Izzy Phillips and Katie Midwinter. Izzy I'll come to you here first. We've got some really good action to get our teeth stuck into. We've had the declarations come out today. What do you think of the fields? I think they look really good. Um, I think day one actually just looks so fantastic um, in terms of an opening day of a racing festival, I think it's probably one of the best I've seen. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to getting stuck in. Yes, yeah, looks a very strong card on the first day. And how about you, Katie? You've been doing your research for the listeners. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, as Izzy was saying, it looks a really competitive day one of action to get us kicked off. And there's lots that I, I like the look of. So I'm really looking forward to it. Some good clashes as well. Yeah, there could be some really good uh, matches on paper. So let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is obviously the first race on the card when it all kicks off. It's the 2.30. It's the Queen Anne Stakes, a Group 1 over a mile. And then Spiral has been backed into favouritism at 15-8, to 8, probably the Frankie factor there. We've then got Modern Games, who's now 2-1. to 1. We've got Native Trail at 7-1, to 1. Chinda at 14s, Mutasarbuk at 18s, Cash at 25s. Bigger are the rest. Izzy, I'll come to you here first. Uh, the betting looks like it's a three-horse race with uh, the, the, the three at the top of the market there in Spiral, Modern Games and Native Trail. Do we think they hold the aces? I think pretty much. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of kind of crossing form here. Modern Games had in Spiral Beat um, at Ascot on Champions Day in October. Um, and on that occasion, in Spiral pretty much fell out of the stalls. Um, Modern Games still couldn't get the better of Bayside Boy on that occasion. Um, but if you look at that their form since, obviously, we've got the fact that in Spiral hasn't run since then. Um and then you've got Modern Games has kind of run on in terms of form and has um, beaten a number of these at Newbury last time out. And that pretty much dispelled any concerns from Ascot um, that on Champions Day that he wouldn't really like a straight mile. Um, he breezed past Chindit Newbury um, last time out, but you'd have to wonder actually if Chindit, I know he was beaten, but you'd have to wonder if he'd have been a little closer if not for trying to take a bite out of modern games as he went past. But um, I think obviously, yeah, you've got native trail in there as well. But for me personally, um, I think that Charlie Appleby will probably take this, but I'm going to stick with modern games. I think he's going to go on and extend. Um, Charlie Appleby's pretty decent strike rate with this one. Okay, one games it is for Izzy. How about you, Katie? Are we going to make it two votes for uh, Will Buick and Charlie Appleby here? Yes, I'm in complete agreement with Izzy. Um, I really like the chances of modern games in this race. I think he's the best form and he proved himself at Group 1 level in Britain with his blocking stakes win at Newbury. I have my doubts over Inspiral and Native Trail, although they both could be good enough if at their best in spiral she can be quite keen and she usually wears a hood down to post so i'd be a little bit worried that she might let the occasion get the better of her on her first run of the season so i'm strongly in favor of modern games and hope he might add another group one prize to his achievements 
Okay, two votes it is then for Modern Games. I think out of the top three, he would be my main pick, but I'm going to give my main selection here to cash each way for Tom Marquand and Dave Simcock. Currently around the 25 to 1 mark, you probably get four places on the day, so make sure you shop around for those extra places. He's a very likely racehorse. He's always been held in high regard by Dave Simcock. If you go back through some of his form as a three-year-old, he finished second when he was beaten by a short head by uh, Westover, who went on to win the Irish Derby. He then um, was never seen again until November, and I just don't think uh, he was able to really get into the race that day at Kempton. It was a tactical affair. And then so far this season, second behind Chindit, uh, fourth behind Hookham um, in the Brigadier Gerard Stakes at Sandown. That was a Group 3 contest, but you had the likes of Desert Crown in there and Chichester, who subsequently boosted the form. I think on paper, that was more like a Group 1. It was a very strong renewal of the race. You go back and watch it, he um, looks like he's going really well, but he just doesn't quite get home and I don't think he he's that effective over the mile two trip I think back down to a mile will suit him I think a really uh, a really strong pace will suit him too there's going to be plenty of runners in here compared to what he's been up against he's not running uh, in a really big field before so we've got the 12 runners so if they do go, go a good clip I could definitely see him uh, running on really late maybe getting in the places and yeah I think he's a little bit overpriced there and he could potentially run a career best so for me I am going to stick with cash there at 25 to one um so we move on to the 340 to the kingstand stakes over five furlongs plenty of runners in here we've got 19 of them we've got some international raiders as well a really competitive field highfield princess is your favorite five to two we've then got kulangota at seven to two from australia looking to repeat uh, the bid here after they took the race last year we then got manakan at 11 to two we then got dramatized at sevens cannonball at 12s twilight cool 18s, Twilight Gleaming at 20s and Bigger are the rest uh, Katie, Highfield Princess is a horse that I know you've got a lot of time for one of your favourites, are we going to be siding with her here? I think she's got a really good chance and she is one of my favourites so I'm keen to stick with her she's a top class mare uh, who's been getting better with age she wasn't disgraced when second at York recently uh, but hopefully she'll show some improvement having had that run out Sixth in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes at the meeting last year. I'm hoping she fares a little bit better this time. And yeah, I think she has a leading chance in this race. There's another filly in here that I love, um, the Mayor Happy Romance, who I think is a ridiculous price at 50 to 1. Uh, I just can't believe she's as big as that. It is a competitive race, but she's a mare that excels over five furlongs. And I really think she's better over this trip. She gets the mayor's allowance as well. And if there's extra places around on the day and she's still 33 to 1, 40s or bigger, I think she's a really generous price and definitely capable of making the frame. I'll also give a quick mention to Bradsell. I thought it was interesting at 40 to 1, making his first start over five furlongs. You'd have to forgive him for two poor runs this season. But if you consider his juvenile form at Ascot when he won the Coventry Stakes, beat some nice horses that day, the likes of Royal Scotsman and Blackbeard, I think he's capable of showing further progression and he could outrun his odds. But it's Highfield Princess and Happy Romance each way for me. Okay, that's uh, Katie's thoughts on Kingstand. How about you, Izzy? How did you see this one? Um, I don't really like too many at the top of the market. I fancy one at an ever so slightly bigger price and I quite like the look of Dramatised. Um, she she beat a number of these at Haydock last time out and she has 
has got form at the Royal Meeting, having won the Queen Mary Stakes last year. Um, I think, obviously, the Kieran Beck operation is um, in fairly decent form at the moment, so she'd be my choice for this. Okay, dram tight it is for um, Izzy. It looks like we're going with a few mares in here. I'm actually going to keep up the theme. I'm actually going to go for Mooney Esther, who um, didn't run too badly last year. She had a little bit of a tribal passage in this race. Um, she ran on to finish fourth behind Nature Strip. I think if she got a clearer passage, she definitely would have been second. I think you can put a line through her latest run where she finished fourth at Nace. I think that was just uh, a prep run to get her fit ready for the season. I think coming back here is definitely a bow call by the connections and I think she's a little bit overpriced at 40 to 1 drawn in stall 14 which I think might not be a bad thing I think maybe drawn to middle to high on the first day down the straight course could be the way to go and I just thought she was a little bit overpriced but I do think Highfield Princess is pretty solid and it will take a good one to beat her but at 5-2 to two, I'm willing to, to let her win at that kind of price I thought she was maybe just a little bit too short for me so that's our thoughts then on the King's Stand we then move on to the 420 where we've got the St James's Palace Stakes it's a group 1 over a mile and Chaldine is your favourite at 9-4 to four, along with Irish 2000 Guyanese winner Paddington we've then got the Cicero's Gift who's stepping up in class at 5-1 to one. Muta Shabir at 9s Isaac Shelby at 10s Royal Scotsman at 14s Bigger are the rest. Uh, Izzy, um, this looks a pretty classy race on paper. Obviously, we've got the two Guineas winners um, matching up here. Um, they've not obviously met before, but it looks an interesting affair between the two of them. We've got some others in here that uh, could be open to more potential. It looks a good contest. Uh, who are you going to go with? Certainly, and I think this is likely going to be a match-up between Caldean and Paddington. Um, I can really see it being these two fighting it out. Um, after that dramatic unseat at Newbury in April, in April, I stuck with Chaldean in the 2000 Guineas and I was so, so impressed. Um, I don't think there is a lot between them. So it's really more of a feeling than anything at this point that I think Chaldean will take this. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. I've been loyal with him uh, since his two-year-old campaign. I put him up to win the Dewhurst. I started faith with him last time, like say, in the 2000 Guineas. I just think uh, he's a very straightforward, uncomplicated type of horse. He's drawn in stall one as well, which I think will be good. I think he'll be handy just sitting off the pace. And if, as long as he meets no traffic problems, I think he just has the class to uh, get home. So I'm going to go with Caldine. Um, how about you, though, Katie? I know you've got got a certain love for a Peruvian bear in his films. Are you going to be going for him in the St. James's Palace Stakes? <laughs> yeah, I am with Paddington here. Um, I thought he was a soft ground horse, or at least a horse that was a little bit better with ease in the ground, but he surprised me in the Irish 2000 Guineas, and I think it's going to be a brilliant battle with Caldian, a matchup to really savour. Uh. Uh, I do think Paddington could improve more as he gains more experience. He could be a really special horse. So I will be sticking with him. And if we're kind and polite, the world will be right, Chris, in the words of the lovely Paddington bear. <laughs> I'd love to see his namesake win. Um, but I will also give an each way shout to another horse in the race. And that's indestructible. He made no impression in the 2000 guineas, but I think he might have been unsuited by the soft going at Newmarket. He finished close behind Caldeon in the Akum Stakes last year. 
before being a little bit further back in a three-runner race at Doncaster. But he did finish ahead of Silver Knot there, who was really unlucky not to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. And Indestructible also beat Dante winner the Foxes to win the Craven Stakes. I do think he's overpriced at 50 to 1, so I will be having a little each-way bet on him. But I'm hoping Paddington will get the win. Okay, Katie's going to go for Paddington then. Two votes for Caldine, and Katie as well also gives a positive mention for Indestructible. So that's the main races on day one covered. We're now going to look at a couple of the big races on day two. The first one being the Duke of Cambridge Stakes. It's a group two contest for the Phillies and the Mares. We don't have the final decks, unfortunately, but we are starting to get a good idea of what will be lining them up. There are some jockey bookings on some of these horses at the time recording, so hopefully we get a good field here. Um, Jumbly is your favourite for uh, Joseph O'Brien at 9-4. We've then got Laurel at 3-1, to one, Prosperous Voyage at 6s, Grand Dame at 14s, Honey Girl at 16s, Rogue Millennium 16s, Bigger are the rest. Katie, um, if we get a good, decent field uh, standing their ground here, this could be an interesting race. I didn't think the top of the market had it all their own way. Do you think there could be maybe an upset here? I think there are a few fillies in here you can make a case for. Uh, the favourites, Jumbly, Laurel, they're both exciting, but I haven't been completely convinced by them yet. Uh, Prosperous Voyage is a little too unreliable for me, so I'm happy to let her run. Uh, I think Honey Girl would prefer an easier surface. So I landed on a few fillies that I think could be capable of showing further progression. The first is Rogue Millennium, uh, dropping back in trip. She's yet to be seen over shorter than a mile and a quarter, but... She's shown plenty of good speed and I think she could be going under the radar a little bit. Uh, she was just outstayed by free wind last time, but she beat the rest of the field that included a subsequent Group 3 winner in Sea Silk Road. And she looks a nice each-way price if she does line up here. Uh, I'm also interested in Queen Aminatu, who I've been following this season. Her turf form is a concern, but that reflects in her current price. And she's one who might just have some untapped potential over a mile. And, and I'll also give a mention to White Moonlight, uh, another back over a distance that I think could be her optimum trip uh, in two runs over a mile. She has one win and a close second in a group two behind with the Moonlight to her name. And on that form, I think she has to be in with a chance. So there's three fillies for me in here. If they all get declared, I'm going to have a tough choice between them. But hopefully one of them can enter the frame. Yeah, I quite like the chances of White Moonlight if she gets in. It was a good win, I thought, last time at Musselburgh. Going away from all her rivals and, yeah, side into the rural is more than capable of improving these uh, lightly raced types of horses. Um, how about you, though, Izzy? Who are you going to go with in the Duke of Cambridge stakes? Um, I think I had a little look at three. Um, so I think Prosperous Voyage has got a good chance, I think. Um, she had a really easy time of it, to be honest with you, at Epsom. She didn't really appear to be running against much on that occasion. Um, Jumbly as well um, is one that I've been having a look at. And also Laurel. Um, I know that Laurel was a little bit disappointing last time out at that race at, in that race at where Modern Games won. Um, so I'm just, I'm a little bit unsure between the few at the moment. I think... Looking at some of the trainer form is probably going to be a little bit of an angle, um, but I do really, I'm sort of leaning towards Prosperous Voyage. Yeah, I think she's interesting. I quite like her. I put her up as my nap on Derby Day at Epsom at one 
point. I was standing next to Katie and she she didn't think uh, she was going to get up. But yeah, she showed her class in the closing stages. And yeah, prosperous voyage. Maybe with uh, her back in the Wizards enclosure, she could be the way to go. So that's our thoughts then on the uh, Duke of Cambridge stakes. We then move on to the feature race of day two, which is the Prince of Wales stakes. We've only got eight runners in here, but it could be a very classy uh, event. We've got Luxembourg, your favourite, two to one. We've then got Adair at nine to four, My Prospero at seven to two, Baybridge at fours, Dubaiana at sixteens, Mustardaf at twenty fives, Bolshoi Ballet is a hundreds, but he should be going to the Wolfton. He's declared for that. And we've got Classic Causeway as well for the international uh, racing fans at hundreds as well. So, uh, very competitive looking race. Um, Izzy, I'll come to you here first. Luxembourg was a good winner last time over in Ireland. He could be the pace angle in the race if he gets an easy lead. Could he maybe make all? I mean, he was a one-time Derby favourite. I know that that is pretty much the way everyone always describes him. But, um, you know, like you say, he was back to winning ways um, at the Curra last month. So is he back on track to take this potentially? I think um, there's a little bit of heart in play here for me. I really do like Adiar. Um, he's rematching again here with Bay Bridge because when they last met at Ascot in October, it was Bay Bridge that came out on top. But Adiar is you know, also back to winning ways as well as Luxembourg and he won last time out. Um, I just think that he could have the class here to get the better of the field. Okay, that is Izzy's thoughts then on the Prince of Wales. And how about you, Katie? Are you going to go Luxembourg? I know he's one of your favourites again. Yeah, another one of my favourites uh, is Luxembourg and I'm definitely going to be sticking with him. I love his sire, Camelot. And I think his progeny, they tend to have this intelligent look about them. I just think Luxembourg is a really beautiful horse. He's always been one that has caught my eye and he's got huge ability too. So I'll definitely be sticking with him wherever he goes, really. Uh, he's beaten Baybridge in the Tattersall's Gold Cup at the Curra. He showed masses of improvement from his first run of the season and he probably needed the run out. He had had his injury issues last year. But he's back to his best now and hopefully he can continue that level of form because I think if he is able to perform to his best, he's going to be very difficult to beat in this division this season. Uh, Adeyar Derby winner, he has to be respected um, and his form is closely tied to Baybridge. I just don't think either of them, they, they don't have too much to find, um, but I just think Luxembourg could be too good here. Yeah, I think we could get a very similar race to what we had in Ireland last time. At the car. If you actually look at uh, the last couple of renewals of this race, they've both been small field events uh, in the last two years, and we uh, we had two front runners, Makeul, uh, with State of Rest and Love, and I just think we could see a Ryan Moore masterclass from the front, uh, take it nice and slow, control the pace, and then just have too much of a turn of foot for his rivals, and he just might be able to. Uh, get the job done here. I think 2-1 to one isn't a bad price about him personally. I think he will go pretty close. I think Adea might get a little bit outpaced. My Prospero is interesting, stepping up in trips. Got that form, obviously, with Baybridge uh, from Champions Day. Um, William Haggis has always held him in high regard. The Baybridge, I'm not sure. I might think he, he could get a little bit unsettled, and then I'm not, just not sure about the rest in here. So I am going to go for Luxembourg. 
as well. So that's our thoughts then on uh, the Prince of Wales. We're now just going to go through our any other business uh, section on the podcast. We're, we're going to go through a couple of our other fancies for the first two days of Royal Ascot. Izzy, I'll come to you here first. Is there a few in your shortlist that you'll be back in over the first few days at Royal Ascot? Well, day one, personally, for me, I just think it looks fantastic. I know that we were ch- chatting a little bit. I do fancy quite a few of the favourites, primarily because of my national hunt fandom. Um, so I will be siding with both the Willie Mullins favourites on the first day. So I really like the look of Bring on the Night in the Ascot Stakes. Um, I think, obviously, if you have a look at his form you'll notice that we haven't seen him since he was second last year um but he has got a record of coming out fresh um he previously returned a winner after a 21 month break between may of 2020 and february 2022 so he's one i'll certainly be sticking with um and then in the 610 which is the um copper horse handicap I'm I'm sticking with Volban. I'm, I am a little bit concerned because I think he could do with a bit of rain. I know there was some rain forecast today at Ascot, but just how much of that has fallen and just how it gets into the ground, we'll wait to see. Um, but in that race, I'm also going to give an each way shout for a podcast favourite in script writer. Um, you know, he was very impressive when he won at Wolverhampton recently and the stable have always thought a lot of him. So he's my each way chance on day one. Okay, a few to note there from Izzy on the opening day. And how about you, Katie? Are there a few you like as well? Uh, I like the look of Irish Lullaby in the Ascot Stakes on Tuesday, 22 to 1 with some firms. Has shown plenty of staying ability and is a progressive filly. So I think she could improve with the staff second trip for Jessica Harrington. Okay, one tonight there from uh, Katie uh, on the opening day. I like a couple. I thought River Tiber could be a good thing in the Coventry. Aino Brown has had a good record in this race over the years. He hasn't won it for a few years, so I think his last winner was Arizona back in 2019. But I really like River Tiber. A lot of his form over in Ireland seems to be stacking up really well. He won't mind a little bit of ease if the ground does get on the soft side. There could be some rain on Tuesday morning, so that wouldn't be... A negative for me. I know he's seven the four favourite, but I thought you could potentially be a good thing if you did want to want one at bigger price in that race. I thought Army Ethos for last year's winning connections, Holly Doyle, Archie Watson in the colours of Brad Sell could go well. One on debut over six furlongs at air really well. Uh, the form hasn't amounted up to much, but uh, I know they really like him. I think he looks an uncomplicated kind of horse. I think he'll probably go forward and um, yeah, it'll just be go and get him. I, I think he's got a really good chance of outrunning his odds and being in the frame. And then um, just moving on later on the card in the 5.35, the Wolferton Stakes, a horse that was a cliff horse for me when uh, he was with Jessica Harrington, Cadillac, um, I thought he was going to go places, bounced back to form last time out. Um, he's been around the block a couple of times since leaving Jesse Harrington. He's been with Kevin Philippard before. He's now George Bowie, but the cheap pieces seemed to work a treat last time out. And he won a handicap at Epsom off the mark of 105 to find top weight. He actually ran a really good race uh, last year um, when he was beaten by Dubai Future, finishing second. Sent off favourite. He's now back. He means business. James McDonald as well has 
won this race before. I think he won on Expert Eye back in 2018, I think it was. But I think Cadillac here, he's ran about 11 to 1. I think he's cracking each way, but still for not bad. I think he'll go really well in the Wolfton. So that's my other selection to watch out for on day one. But thanks for Izzy and Katie for giving up their time. Hopefully we'll find you some winners at Royal Ascot this week. We'll have our day three and day four preview out later in the week as well, where we'll be joined by Liz and Katie once again. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Please remember to follow us on all the social platforms. We're available on Twitter and on Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. Also as well, remember to subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.